Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, our newest show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds. R&B, rap, jazz, neo-soul, rock, gospel, or any random genre you can think of. Turn It Up is here to feature and help independent artists to give you the opportunity to be heard on live radio all over the world, to help share your music across the globe and Take your talents to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks to help make your tracks stand out like the pros, and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So stop procrastinating. Get your demo together and get ready to turn it up. If you're listening live on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page, this is your chance to call in live. So give us a call, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions or comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. And give the last four digits of your phone number, and I'll be sure to punch you in when I see you on the switchboard. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we've got a great show for you tonight. We'll be right back after this.
as an independent Billboard ranked musician, producer, owner of the music label Three Keys Music, and NAACP Award nominee. International jazz keyboardist, pianist Marcus Johnson has emerged as one of the young lions of the music world. Johnson's unique self-taught style of piano play has earned him distinction among his peers, praise within the media, and accolades across the music industry. Marcus has released more than 15 Billboard charted CDs and has the distinction of having his groundbreaking 2008 Billboard Top 20 Contemporary Jazz Flow CDs, which consisted of three distinct albums, Flow Chill, Flow Romance, and Flow Standards, all charting top 10 on the Billboard Contemporary Jazz charts simultaneously. And now he continues his quest for success in the business world with his lifestyle branding company, Flow Brands, LLC. A true renaissance man, Marcus Johnson, welcome to Turn It Up. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, and thank you for um, taking time out to join us and especially for inviting me uh, to Blues Alley to um, actually witness that amazing set you did. Man, I, I was so amped up afterwards. Man, I was just b bouncing in my seat all the way home. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you came out. We had a ball. And as you see, I put it all out there. And was, uh, by the time I was done, I was done. So uh, oh, really? I appreciate you sticking around. Yeah, and no, I appreciate you sticking around for both sets and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me because um, we talked a little bit about your um, your background. I, I've been, you know, I've interviewed a lot of musicians, but you're you're very well educated, but not in music, which is interesting. But you studied in two areas that most musicians often suffer when it comes to actually doing the business end of the music industry, both law and also you have your MBA. Um, tell us what drove you in that direction. Well, you know, I had some experiences early. One, just being in an entrepreneurial family. And I understand the need of a business background. Um, no one in my family at the time, or immediate family at the time, was actually a lawyer. But uh, just talking with my sister, and um, who at the time was an MD, you know, about some of the things that I could take advantage of or at least be able to protect myself with um, as it relates to, to securing a law degree, a Juris Doctorate. It piqued my interest when I was even in high school. And then once I got my first uh, demo deal in college, um, I had a very interesting, bad experience. And then from there, turned around and said, you know, it's time for me to start studying for that LSAT. It was kind of funny, too, there. Um, how people actually reacted to the fact that I told them that I was going to law school. Uh, most people put musicians in a corner um, and very much so like uh, athletes, and they think that just because you play an instrument or because you run a ball that you don't have the intellect in order, in order to uh, to get everything, you know, uh, you don't have the intellect in order to protect your interest in what you do. So yeah. um, it, it's uh, it, it's been great. I mean, it's kind of disarming for a lot of folk because, you know, they don't know because they look at the music side of things. And then it's like, oh, my God. I mean, I've been playing Spigatini's in Los Angeles now for almost 10 years. And it was New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve Eve 
where the guy actually was like, wait a minute, I read somewhere that you have your law degree and your MBA. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, that explains it. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, I was like, well, what do you mean? I mean, come on, dude, Mark, you have a wine brand. You know, you have a successful music company, you have a successful career, and you're not screaming in an industry and at a time when everybody else is, you know, trying to trying to figure out, trying to create their next game plan. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, everything seems to be so strategic. And um, I find it really phenomenal, too, that um, you you are self-taught. So how long ago was it when you discovered this talent for music that you have? Oh, I was in the ninth grade, going to, into the tenth grade in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. And mm. I had a band director at Blair High School that kind of guided me the right way. And um, it worked out very well, as we can see now. But I love piano. I hated it when I was growing up. I hated lessons. I didn't practice. Um, I will mm. say that I had a little, had a little uh, kind of uh, young lady that I wanted to impress. And one summer I taught myself how to play so that I could write her a song. And I was getting <laughs> you know. That was the beginning of me understanding what a musician could do. So it, and, you know, and, and finding was, your motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. I mean, you know, it, it was great. I was always a, a romantic. I would write the letters. I'd get the flowers. I'd, you know, high school, take my girlfriend out to lunch or buy the cookies and the punch. I mean, those were the things, you know, while everybody else was eating, you know, drinking the, the, the milk carton with the red or the, the chocolate milk with the brown on it. You know, my girl had the Kool-Aid, you know, so <laughs> and a cookie. So, I mean, <laughs> Hey man, I always I, I've always learned and I've always known how to distinguish myself. Right, right. And um I um I actually had an opportunity and um it was it was a young lady who uh first introduced me to you and she she had told me about you and said, you know, we should go see this guy at Tacoma Station, you know, I think you're going to like his music and you know, back then I was into, you know, Stanley Clark and George Duke and you know, sort of into my own little thing and um man i i was so impressed even back then i mean really really impressed because my head was bobbing the whole night and um the way you play your music it's almost as if you're communicating with the people out there in the audience and and it's the same thing with the band it's like you you can see the communication amongst you guys and how much fun you're having and it's just a a, a personal intimate invite into a jam session and uh that's what i really really enjoyed about that set so much that night and, and just tell us about some of the musicians that you're working with and have worked with and and how did you actually get yourself up to that level where you could um you know be such a force of nature in the music industry you know, I, I I I give it really to God because I mean, you know, I play hard, I I practice hard, um, I listen well, I work at it all the time. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people a lot of people are upset about where their careers are in music and mm-hmm. you ask them, you know, well, how you know, you you do an analysis and you say, Well, how many hours a night do you sleep? Seven. Okay, well, how many hours a week, you know, how many hours a night do you, do you, or a day do you work on your music? And they're like, two. And I'm like, well, then what do you do? Well, I work eight hours. So I'm like, okay, so 16, 16 hours you've given away to, you know, of course you have to sleep. Take an hour out extra, you know, a couple hours to, to, to eat. That's 10 hours. 
you work eight hours, that's 18 hours. You only have six hours left. You made a distinct, you know, you have made a distinct decision as it relates to what you're going to do and, and the, the, the level of success you're going to have in your career with, you know, the fact that you are only given two hours to your music career versus eight hours to your job. And I get it. I totally, absolutely, 100%, you know, get what's going on. It's just, it, it, it's, you got to give, you have to give your career the time in order to, um, you have to give your career the time in order to, uh, you know, to, to be successful. But, you know, um, another thing you're talking about, the dedication that a lot of um, people um, complain about as far as what they are putting in as, as time and the type of success that they've derived from it. Um, a lot of young people in the industry, you know, they they want it quick. They just, you know, they see someone who has made it in their eyes, and then they think to themselves, you know, I want to get there and get there as fast as I can. Uh, another thing that I'm concerned about in music nowadays is that there are a lot of producers out there making music who don't know music. They know samples. They know beats. They know what they think people like. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, because you've come a long way in this industry, how you've seen uh, the music industry change over the years as we've gone into this new um, information age and with the Internet and digital download sampling and I mean, everything else that goes with it. I mean, you know, it, 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 here's, here's a, the very interesting thing about life and music and about being a consumer and a fan of music. This is the, So this is the first time in the history of music and the world where you can get whatever you want. And, you know, I'm one, people ask me, like, how did you get so far so fast and you're still young and this and the other? It's because... Honestly, to tell you the truth, Michael, I think a lot of people waste time on things that don't make that that are irrelevant. You know, if mm-hmm. you don't like my music, you know, say like there there've been editors and things like that, like Mike. You know, so we'll leave it at the as the Washington Post. You know, when they write, <laughs> they've written about my stuff and and they've classified it. They've classified it as smooth jazz. And if you like this, well, if you like this type of music, then you'll like this. And you know, you say to yourself, like, okay, well, I'm not going to please him. You know, somebody came up the other day to me at a wine tasting, and she was like, well, you know, I, I love your red. I don't care too much for your shard. You know me. I'm going to keep it real. And I was like, you know, definitely. And you know me. And there are plenty of people who like the shard. And as long as you like one of them, I'm just keeping it real. I, I really, that's all I, I can ask for. You know, right. and it was a way right. of saying, like, you know, that's why we have three varietals. That's why I didn't just put out one. You don't have the chance to tell me, you know, hey, did you try this or this? No, it's, did you try this or this or this? I'm going to get you with the, either the Moscato, the, 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 the Chardonnay, or the Red Blend. And it's the same thing with everything else as it relates to music. There is nothing that you cannot do now and that you can't find. You have Pandora. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Pandora now, and I have my Brazilian music stuff that I listen to all the time. And wow. I sit with my daughter. <laughs> And I'm finding out new songs like, you know, Palati and everything else like that. And it's just, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's a great time to be in music. I'm going to take a break. Okay, sorry, Mike. 
No, that's all right. That's all right. Um, and yes. you're talking about the the brand itself, and I wanted to talk a little bit that as well because I, I love the name. Um, one of the things that I noticed about you, just observing you, and I, I kept my eye on you the whole night, man. Uh, you may have thought I was out of sight, but no. Um, you, your whole set and everything that you do seems to be about everyone just having a good time and controlling the flow. And I love that your your um, brand is called Flow because that's what I, I noticed. I mean. It, it went from the the set, the transition um, from each of the artists that you showcased while they were playing, as well as um, Allison um, Williams as she came on. And then when you were even after the set, going out into the alley and meeting the, the fans after, you know, doing your set at Blues Alley, um, you know, you just kept it going. And, and it was almost like everyone expected, too. They were like it was all a part of the same thing. And um, it, it's just interesting because it seems like your whole music mindset is all about people just having a good time and, and having a great experience, you know? <laughs> it, it is. I mean, that's where we came up with For the Love Of. My mom always teases me um, and says, you know, son, you're a, uh, what does she say, you're a social worker. <laughs> but, you know, okay. I mean, I really do. I, I like to make people feel better, and I like the ability. And, of course, nobody can make anybody else feel better, but you can make a bed a certain way so that somebody's comfortable, right? right and then it's right. up to them. But if they made the choice to come out to see me play, they are making a conscious decision and a step in the, 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 the right direction to enjoy the next whatever's going to go on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of, you know, and, and then I can take it and have fun with the music, invite them into our, our jam session, you know, let my guys do what they do, have fun on stage. And then what ends up happening is you end up having a big smile on your face. And right. we have the smiles on our face, too. I mean, you saw that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so, you know, going out into the alley, it doesn't start and stop on the stage. I mean, it's all the time. But this is who I am. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for me. You know what I mean? It is definitely easy for me to do it versus what I see other people do, where they're trying to be nice, trying to smile, trying to shake hands. You know, it, it is it's the necessity. This is what, this is my job, and I take it seriously. And, you know, when people call me and tell me that they have problems with family members or you know, somebody is not well, I do my best to give him an email back and say, you know, hey, how you doing? And then a week later to shoot an email back to say, hey, how is everything working out? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the most successful people in business do one simple thing, and that's they give a crap mm-hmm. beyond them, you know? so. Yeah, and, and you know, that that's a very important point. Um, an, an artist can never just look at his audience as a paycheck. You you really have to um, – the fans love you, and I think you have to love the fans on the same accord. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And so, you know, that's why you see me do the things that I do, and uh, mainly because it's just who I am. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to play some um, of your music on the show as well. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I walked away with like seven CDs, man, and I could have sworn I had some of yours. I don't have any of your CDs in there, but. <laughs> well, you know, that's also a funny thing. It's like my manager was like, Marcus, your CD sales were down significantly. 
And it was like, yeah, well, I pushed everybody else's. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, okay, you know, next time, you know, make sure. And it's positioning where people were set up and everything like that. And a that lot of is people it. Thought that they, yeah, a lot of people thought they got my CDs and probably got mm-hmm. home and they were like, well, mm. but you know what, though? It introduces them to other people like Chuki, like Marcus mm-hmm. Mitchell, like Kevin Levi, you know, or Greg mm-hmm. Boyer or Don Vante. I mean, guys who in, in other scenarios don't get the chance to sell their own stuff because people aren't like me. And, you know, again, I, I'm not anything special. I'm just me. That's what I'm saying. And because of that, you got seven CDs of other people, none of which were mine. And, you know, we'll rectify that situation very soon. And, you know, and, and interestingly enough, you, you talked about Pandora. And um, this weekend, I, you know, just put your name in the Pandora. And it's almost like you pretty much have made it. And this is for an independent artist. You've been out there for a while. You've already reached that pinnacle quite some time ago. But for most young artists today, when they show up on a Pandora on iTunes, that's when they know they've made it. And um, the first track that came up, I think, was Eiffel Tower. And, uh, yes, I was blessed. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, this is that dude. Yeah, and it all came back to me. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I I was really excited about the set to see that live and to see how things come together. And I I always like musical progressions. I love the way things start and then when they build and then when they end. You know, those are the things. That's the the nuggets. I love that. And uh, you guys do a really good job with that. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with that. I mean, and I think that the way that every song has a rhythm, every show has a rhythm, every album has a rhythm, life is all about rhythms. I mean, the rhythm mm-hmm. of your breathing, the rhythm of the rhythmic nature of your heartbeat, the way your eyes blink, things of that nature. I mean, literally everything we hear is, you know, a vibration. Everything mm-hmm. we speak mm-hmm. is about a vibration slash radiation. You know what I mean? Tasting yeah, the yeah. same thing. So when you look at that, everything gets down to cycles, whether it's electric impulses in our brain or the rhythms at which our components of our body work together for us to be able to make, you know, to use motor skills to, 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 to walk, to touch, to taste, to feel. <laughs> and I think also I think that those are certain components of life that most people take for granted, you know, and they take it for granted until they don't have it anymore. So it's one of those right. things. I ran, my, I ran myself raggedy a couple of months ago where I pinched a nerve, and no. it was it was not fun, I'll tell you that much. I couldn't feel my thumb. I had to play through uh, uh, neuropathy in my thumb and in my forearm. Wow, and wow. Thing, yeah, nobody knew, but, you know, I knew because there were things where my hand was just tired, and, you know, it, it, it fatigued fast, and I couldn't do certain things. So, man, you know, it, it's 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 just balance. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we want to go ahead and tell people, too, um, all the places on the Internet that they can um, connect with you, can find your music and um, your website, and also, um, you know, how they can um, – it was, you know – Pleasing to see, too, that they had Flow brand wine there at the bar as well. So just tell us a little bit about how people can connect with you and purchase your products as well. 
I mean, the best way to do it is go to likeflowine.com, and that's F-L-O-W-I-N-E. Um, and remember, flow is for the love of. A lot of people are like, well, it's flow with a W. No, it's not. It's flow with an O, F-L-O. Um, so www.likeflowine.com uh, and likemarcusjohnson.com, and that will get you to my Facebook page. And that's really how I engage, you know, people. Um, they email me. I email them back. It's really my booking agent right now because I get a significant amount of people who connect with me via uh, uh, via Facebook and, and even Twitter, but more so Facebook, um, to where we can promote the product. Uh, if you put Marcus Johnson and Flow Wine and you'll get a ton of different um, uh, areas where you can purchase the wine in D.C. and Maryland and Virginia. We're everywhere from Harris Teeter to Whole Foods to Walmart to Giant Food to, really? you know, uh, yeah, a lot of local <laughs> wow. uh, stores such as, um, you know, we're at Rips off 301, you know, we're at the bottle shop on right off 270 in Potomac. Um, you know, Georgetown Square, right off old Georgetown Road. I mean, we have, literally, we have thousands of outlets across the country. So we're everywhere from California through Florida up to um, the eastern seaboard up to D.C. And as of a call today, very soon, um, the fall goes well in going into New York. Wow, that's awesome. That is really awesome. And um, tell us also about your gig tonight. Where are you performing tonight? Uh, tonight I'm performing at a sports bar in College Park. Um, you know, I, I like working with people that have open uh, or blue ocean strategies, and those are strategies to push the boundaries um, of what people normally think would be a strategic mission for a particular industry. So these guys are, uh, they own a sports bar right here in College Park, uh, two blocks from um, the entrance to U of M. And, you know, they're like, you know what, we want to have some different things. So they're now... Um, looking to do jazz, and they have uh, me coming in and playing tracks, but we're also doing wine. So basically, I tell everybody, everywhere where I go now, my <laughs> wine goes, and everywhere that my wine goes, there's a performance opportunity, you know, I go. Wow, man. I mean, you've made you made your wine a part of the band. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, more, more so than you know. <laughs> And the, the musicians who who play with you—is it always the same group of guys, or are they? Uh, no, I use different guys in different places. Oh, I see. That's awesome. So your sets are always different. I, I mean, even if the same guys got together, when you're jazz musicians, it's always a little different. You always have a little added flavor somewhere along the line. And, and another thing I love about jazz is just listening to a good jam session and a good group of guys just get together and have fun. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I was trying to stretch for you. You back now? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, and, um, Derek, give you me, know. Give me like five minutes. I'll be in. Yeah, sorry, we've only man. got about two minutes left in the show anyway. So, you okay. know, um, that that that's pretty much it, man. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time out again, man. I know you're a busy guy. We've been trying to nail down this interview for a while, but it was well worth it. And uh, hopefully, we can get you back again uh, real soon. Um, maybe at you know a time you can just call in on one of our roundtables when we're talking to young uh, producers and musicians and trying to give them some wisdom about the industry. Um, and uh, we would just love to have you back. That sounds good to me, man. No doubt about it. All right. Well, 
All right. Well, I'll let you get back to your gig, and um, we will talk with you soon. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. All right. You too. All right, my man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Allison Williams is an immensely talented recording artist who can sing classic soul ballads, jazz standards, as well as legitimate Broadway show tunes with the greatest of ease. Born and raised in Harlem, daughter of noted jazz trumpeter and band leader Bobby Booker, Allison first demonstrated her stage talents at the age of four. She studied dance under the tutelage of Arthur Mitchell of the Dance Theater of Harlem. She also studied with Alvin Ailey and numerous other dance companies, which in time would lead to a dance scholarship at Marymount College. She also attended City University of New York, where she was a member of the Aaron Davis Center for the Performing Arts and studied under John Lewis of the Modern Jazz Quartet. While studying, Allison's path of success was paved with an internship with the world-famous Commodores, as well as singing background in the studio with such well-known artists as Melba Moore, Evelyn Champagne King, and Curtis Blow, just to name a few. Allison was introduced to Russell Simmons by Curtis Blow and was signed to Russell's groundbreaking Def Jam label as his first female R&B artist. While signed to Def Jam, Columbia Sony Records, she recorded two albums on the OBR, Original Black Records label. Her first album titled Raw spent an impressive 67 weeks on the Billboard charts, matched only by Madonna's Like a Prayer. The album produced four top five singles, one of which is the sultry and ever-popular hit, Just Call My Name. Her second album, self-titled, featured songs produced by I'll Be Sure and Babyface, also boasted several chart-topping singles. Although still signed to Def Jam, Allison continued to explore her many other talents. She starred in more than a dozen musical stage plays that toured across the country, including the 25th anniversary revival of The Wiz, directed and choreographed by Tony Award winner George Fajian. A consummate performer, her comedic talents landed her a gig at the country's most renowned comedy club, Caroline's, as well as a starring role of Power Woman in Menopause, the musical. Never one to let grass grow under her feet, Allison left Def Jam and began to collaborate with award-winning producer Marcus Johnson. Together they produced Allison's third solo album titled It's About Time. Allison has appeared on Soul Train, The Jay Leno Show, BET, on Jazz, and most recently, The Monique Show, always reinventing herself. She's currently performing in her two red-hot shows, Nothing But the Blues and The Allison Williams Experience. She is also preparing to release several CD projects showcasing her writing and arranging skills, as well as her diverse vocal stylings. As if Allison isn't busy enough, she mentors children and young adults in her spare time. She does vocal coaching and artist development for up-and-coming artists and is currently working on a reality show showcasing the struggles to stay afloat in the ever-changing music industry. Through her production company, AWP, A Woman's Prerogative, Allison is writing musical stage plays, books, television treatments, and a radio show. Allison Williams, the first Lady of Def Jam, is clearly a triple threat and without a doubt, the next bankable brand of the future. You know, I could say so much more, but I think it's time we let Allison speak for herself. Allison Williams, welcome to Turn It Up. Well, thank you so much for having me. 
Wow. You know, Allison? Absolutely. You know, and um, I I couldn't wait to do this show ever since the night I met you and and got a chance to hear you perform. And then I um, actually... It, it was amazing. It was really amazing. <laughs> and the, the funniest part about it that I tell everybody is you snuck up there right next to me and sat down and was just watching the show with me, and I never knew it was you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And say hello to our co-host. Say hello to our co-host, Leo. Hello there. How are you? What's up, Miss Allison? How you feeling? <laughs> I've heard nothing but the best about you. I, well, I can't wait to get so it popping. We're going to turn you up today. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> well, yeah, we talked quite a bit about your background, and um, you've had quite the history in the industry, and it looks like you could have gone in a number of different directions with your talent in acting and dance as well. And um, just tell us a little bit about that and, and your path and some of the um, the blessings you've had along the way to be able to work with some of these phenomenal folks. Well, you know, I was just sitting here thinking as I listened to you read my bio- biography, and it is a lot. It's a lot of years have uh, gone into uh, my journey, and because it's only uh, print on paper, you hardly ever get a chance to put everything in. So when you start filling in the blanks, it's like, wow, you've done quite a bit, and it takes you to listen and hear it from someone else's lips to realize, wow, you know, this is, it's, you've, been, you've put in some time. So um, I guess when I think about the journey and, and the fact that I'm so grateful that it's still ongoing, um, you know, starting out as a, as, a, as a person, most of my friends being raised in the, in the, in the gospel church, in the Baptist church, and uh, me coming up on the on the bandstands with my father in places like uh, the Savoy Ballroom and uh, Savoy Manor Ballroom and Small Paradise and, uh, you know, clubs like the Showman, Baby Grand. It was a different experience for me, you know. I came up with, you know, just with a whole nother thought process and going to Catholic school, I had a whole nother, it was just really, it was like living in two, in two different worlds that ran parallel. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, having, a, you know, I, I knew I knew that there were other people singing other kinds of music, but it didn't, it, it, I didn't my voice didn't sound like that, so I, I didn't, I was afraid of it. I, I couldn't do what I thought was supposedly the cool thing, or, you know, you have your, your girls who can holler and scream and the other ones that could riff and things like that. And, of course, when you're young, you will tend to uh, think that, the trickery or the, the the gymnastics are the way to go. But as you come along the journey, you start to realize that it is the integrity that matters. You know what I mean? And that everyone's gift is different. Everyone's been bestowed upon with something unique. So I, I kind of think that I've taken from various places and various artists. I always knew that I wanted to do um, more than just sing because I had the few African-American uh, images that I could pull from did it all. Sammy Davis did it all. Lena Horne did mm-hmm. it all. Dr. Yeah. Sandra did it all. Um, uh, 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 who else? Were we, Pearl Bailey. These were people who were in movies and making records. Uh, uh, Harry Belafonte, you know, they were singing, dancing, acting. And it's like, this is what you're supposed to do. So this is how you train yourself. And this is how you find, you know, you'll go out there and you'll be well-versed in all areas. So uh, I was thankful that that was what I, I my mindset had me do, and I was thankful that my parents nurtured it on all sides and in every way. So, yeah, and, and speaking you know, of your parents nurturing your your gifts and talents, 
Um, when they discovered your talent at the age of four, um, how, how did they begin at that time to, to grow you into what you would become? Well, you know, music was always a part of it, but I was, just, I was dancing, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a gymnast, yeah. and I kept growing, and I figured out that gymnasts were little small people, and I might as well put that <laughs> out of my mind. So then I said, well, what would be the closest thing to, to, to that? And I said, well, I could be a figure skater, but there weren't many places we were going to figure skate in Harlem uh, unless it was the winter. You know what I'm saying? So there were things, uh, even with the gymnastics, this was going to be an extra cost on top of the tuition for, for parochial school and for mm-hmm. piano lessons and things of that nature to send me somewhere where I could stay and learn these, these crafts like gym, gymnastics or, or figure skating. So then I said, well, if I, and all I really wanted to do was fly. I was trying to get off the ground. I wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered dance and I discovered the ballet and I discovered all these different genres of traditional African dance and I realized that these people were flying. And so that's what then that became, you know, I was a big, big avid fan of all the MGM musicals and watching uh, Vera Lynn and all those tap dancers and Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly and they were just turning it out. And Esther Williams was jumping in the water and coming out and she was dancing it. You know, know, all of these wonderful people. And and the fact that you could just be walking down the street and just break out in song really intrigued me. Yeah. So so do you do that every now and then? Just break out in song, yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know. I broke out in song on an airplane the other day because we had been delayed four hours and I thought I'd go ahead and sing on a song. It's just, it's a very powerful tool when you, and I won't even say tool, I'll say gift, but as I would, as I say before I digress, my parents saw that the dance was there, so they went and found the best place for me to dance. And mm-hmm. uh, that, at that point with Dancing of Harlem. However, I had studied with Mary Bruce and Ruth Williams and um, La Rock Bay, which are all community-based dance companies with various, uh, uh, various genres of dance to be taught. And uh, then we ended up getting with uh, Arthur Mitchell, and when he built his new school, he was then at that time uh, in the basement of Church of the Masters, and he finally got his building for Dancing of Harlem, and I became a scholarship student. And that, the rest is history for me. Uh, through, the, through Arthur Mitchell, I was introduced to Marie Brooks and became a member of her children's dance company. And I was able to study with Tetsi Purcell and um, Alvin Ailey and Frank Hatchett and so many others. Uh, I then came to know a man named Chuck Davis. Uh, and it was through him that I was able to uh, really find that my niche would be traditional African and uh, New Guinea and uh, Senegalese dance. And that was where I would really flourish. That would be my love. And uh, uh, then I ended up, I think the last company I worked with was um, Forces of Nature with Abdel Salon. And, uh, and I still take class and still, you know, do, do, do what dancers do. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was really excited because this, this January I was cast in a movie called uh, Black Nativity, which will be out in November 27th, starring Arch Whitaker and Angela Bassett and Jennifer wow. Hudson. Uh, mm. J. Blige and a whole bunch of good folks. And okay. um, there was a, a, a there, there were uh, it was choreographed by Otis Elite, and there are like 18 and 19 numbers, musical numbers in the piece. And um, I'm in about nine of them. And they, when we were truly singing and dancing, not wow. <laughs> we were on the floor, back up off the floor, damn, you know, it's really incredible. So I was glad to know that um, all the many years of training. You know, prepared me for that. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited to see it myself. 
you know. And uh, one yeah, of the things that I, I noticed about you, uh, when you went up and you got, gave yourself a minute to prepare yourself, when you went on stage at Blues Alley, you really commanded the house. I mean, you walked into a really hot set, first of all. And um, oh, just had set the floor, the floor on fire. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know the people were just ready for more. And then um, you walked up there, and you just really kept the momentum going. And um, we were all just floored by your energy and your presence and your sense of humor. And uh, it, it was really, really something. And of course, your your vocal stylings and your 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 voice, it was phenomenal. I mean, you know, just to hear you sing in the way you would sing, it, it was. You knew that you had the classic training, so it, it was. I was very, very impressed. Very impressed. Um, you know, I, I want to go into something, and um, I, I don't want to. I guess I have to play this one first. But this is my favorite track on the um, CD. Uh, it's CD about time. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the one. That's the one that was actually produced by Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were going to try to attach this show to that. I still haven't figured out how we're going to do it now. There's been so much time in between, and so many people have downloaded that show we did with Marcus Johnson just before this uh -huh. one. Yeah, but um, this track really kind of um, blew me away because of your, your vocal styling as well as the story that was told. Um, it's called No More. Tell us a little bit about this track. Uh, uh, well, No More... Um, it's like one of those songs, I think there's a story behind uh, um, Erica Badu's uh, um, uh, Call Tyrone, I think, and it's, it's based kind of like on um, the fact that there was uh, like this band kind of jamming or in rehearsal, and that came up and they just started kind of elaborating uh, and putting these lyrics together. Well, in a similar fashion, No More came up between Marcus and I. It was just a groove he was playing. And we were talking about something, maybe even just being real silly, and uh, it, you know, it was that male against against female kind of vibe, you know, how you, know, you can take it and move, keep it moving, because I don't have time. Um, a predecessor to to the left, to the left, you know, that kind of feeling, <laughs> and it just happened right. to come together. So we saw it was a good groove, and then I started writing, and we started collaborating, and that's how No More came together. And it's just about, um, you know, if you're not going to be right, then you have to be out. <laughs> <laughs> and you made that perfectly I mean, clear. Yeah, All right. One thing I can tell people about the CD, it's about time. Uh, it's unfortunate that it did not get as much uh, airplay or didn't have as long a shelf life as possible. But the beauty of it is, is that all of that music could be gone in, redone, tweaked, and re-released, and that's the beauty of it. Um, yeah. And it is still purchasable. But um, when I wrote, when, I, when we put together the production for the CD, I said I wanted to tell a story. So if you look down the um, the uh, playlist of the of the CD, you see it. It kind of tells the story of uh, boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, uh, the dating situation, and how you know you just this person is and, and is. is you're enamored with this person, and then there's a song about the, you know having the blessing of of a relationship. Then there's yeah. a um, a possibility of of marriage, but it doesn't work out. Right. And then it comes into uh, don't you come here no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, this is not going to work. Um, right. And 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 if you just look look, look at the playlist, it kind of it's a it's a it's a story complete from beginning to end. Uh, mm. At the end, you have um, 
Strangers, which is a song about um, running yeah. into that person with all that history that you've seen, that you haven't seen in a long time. And when mm-hmm. you look at them, they, uh, you know, after all these years and after all we shared, it seems we're just strangers. You yeah, know? yeah. And, 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 so, and that's my second favorite, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Well, then yeah. You're a man of good taste. We like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're going to, you know, give people a taste right now. I mean, we're 20 minutes into the show, so we we got to Yeah, you got to give me a taste because I'm sitting here smelling it, and it's just got my, my nostrils flaring, and, you know, y'all just dangling the steak all up in my face, you know. Well, go ahead. Go ahead and give a little slice there. Um, <laughs> I need a little nourishment. <laughs> all right, here it is. Allison Williams with No More on Turn It Up. You know, we're just gonna lay it down and keep it real. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Just cause you just this. I'm gonna tell you how I handle the situation. Check it out.
<laughs> All right, Allison Williams with No More. Wow. Well, you see what I was trying <laughs> nice, to say nice. was. <laughs> yeah. And what did you think of that, Leo? We done scared him off. He done laughed. He's gone. I loved it. I'm taking my teeth right now with a toothpick. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. This is this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty of it. When we performed that song, um, mm-hmm. you know, every you know the guys they always like, oh, you gonna beat up on the man. I flip it around and say, and I got to, we break it down and we take a hit at the ladies too because a lot of women need to be told they can't come here no more either. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Wow. In the it can be give or take. If a woman's not doing her job, if a woman's not being a woman and being a lady and and bringing that to the table, she got to go too. <laughs> wow. She got to go too. And that's you know I, I'm an equal opportunity uh, get your act together kind of girl. So it's not you know when the men hear that song coming, they always think I'm just beating up on men and they're always the bad guy. Sometimes the guys are doing exactly what they want, what they need to do, and what, what they ought to do, and uh, it's us who's messing up. And they tried to come and take my girl card from me for saying it out loud. <laughs> but oh, I, I can't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to put me out of the club. Really, really. Yeah. yeah. But they, they needed music. <laughs> uh. <laughs> they, they needed entertainment. And you are quite the entertainer. And Allison, tell us a little bit, because we talked about in the intro, too, uh, you have uh, a radio show that you're thinking about doing. What would that be about? Give us a little insight. Well, I had an opportunity um, when I went to school, you know, after all that dancing and stuff, you know, the kick-ins, the singing eventually kicked in, and I embraced my jazz roots. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I knew that I was not going to sound like my R&B gospel counterpart friends. And... Um, my first music was with a 21-piece swing band, and as I, you know, embraced that, uh, life got good. Um, I had a chance to, you know, finish out my school years and go to uh, Marymount uh, on a dance scholarship, but my second major was communications, broadcasting, radio, and television, and so I wanted to go into radio because I felt like, if, you know, you come up in an era where your parents say, we don't mind that you sing and dance and do all of that, but you've got to have something to fall back on. So in my mind, it still had to be related to my craft. So I felt that, that communications broadcasting would take me to radio. It would take me to maybe television anchoring or things of that nature or producing on that, that, um, on that level. And so that's where the radio, the love for radio broadcast came in and the fact that I would listen to radio late at night under the covers. And that's how all my dreams were formulated and how I knew I was going to be a singer and I knew I was going to travel the world and I knew I was going to, meet Nancy Wilson and, and be friends with Phyllis Hyman and, and my sister Tashaka Khan. I knew this because I could listen wow. to these people on the radio and I could imagine. And so um, uh, my, my radio love uh, was formed at a very young age. Uh, and even now, um, whenever I am called into the studio to do interviews, they know because they've been told by the label or whoever the representation is, don't try to sit in front of the mic and just get to talk to her because she wants to read the weather, she wants to do time, <laughs> she wants to, she wants some copy. Give her something. If not, it's not going to go well. So, and they do, and then they're always really, really happy. I can't tell uh-huh. you how many times I filled in for Tom Joyner when he was still flying back and forth. And sometimes really? I'd be in Chicago, and they, they were like, well, we need to call somebody. And they usually would get maybe like a local comedian. But anytime they knew I was in town, they'd say, uh-uh, call Allison. She could, she's got, let her come on in here. 
and all I would need is an engineer and please, on and popping. <laughs> I, I think if I had a chance to do radio right now for myself, I would like to um, make I would like to make make it a classic format. When I say classic, um, many of the people that I came up listening to, Frankie Crocker, uh, Ken mm-hmm. Spiderweb, Barn yeah. Harbor, um, and 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 some that have passed on, they just had you know radio was a different animal. Radio, you could look it, it was like TV with your eyes closed, you know, and the way that right. they would not only play the songs, but they would interact with the songs, and then they would give you some insight on who wrote the song or who, you know, different things. And I think we lose so much now because radio wants to have less commercials and this and that and the other, and, you know, it is what it is, and then they're looping this, this, this music, and the, and you hear the same song in one hour, you hear all the same song five times. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's boring to me. So I would like my radio show to be uh, classic in its format, whether it was R&B or jazz, and I would like it to um, to I would like to be able to make it so that the the listener would know a little bit about the music or know a little about the, uh, the artist or maybe talk uh, segue into some collaboration. Maybe you didn't know that such and such and such also worked with so and so and so on a project mm-hmm. that never got released. And because I have these stories and I have a lot of road right. stories, I would. I would I would very much like you, Michael, bring um, bring on guests. And the difference is that these are people that I've toured the world with, so we would really have some really good undercover niblets and giblets to talk about, you know. Wow. And wow. really talk about. It sounds like a again. this sounds like a pitch to me, and and, and I'm it's down. Bad, I'm ready. It. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we call the show. This, the, the show is called Love Notes. Love notes. As, oh, in, love as in notes that you write and pass to someone, and also musical notes. Love notes. Oh, nice. Now that's what we call love notes. Oh. Love notes. So wow. All of that stuff. But that we'll talk about later. We'll talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, up and going. Wow. So let's, let's get another track in before I at least wanted to get three in. So let me just make sure we can do that. I've got Strangers Up, and you've already talked a little bit about that. But this is a, a really – when I heard this song, it was like me – just watching uh, um, a short film, you know, it, it told. You could, it just, you could see the story. You could see the story unfolding. Yeah, yeah, and, and the story in itself, um, it, it's very real. You know, I, I'm sure there are people who've gone through that, or they know that if they were happening to run into uh, that person that used to be their life now, exactly. that they would have no connection with them whatsoever. So. Yeah, that was a powerful, powerful story. Was this a true story for you? Um, yes, it is. Uh, the, the funny thing is, I can't say that the person that was the subject matter. Um, I didn't write it about a specific situation, but I have yeah. had it happen. Right. I have had it happen. Uh, the beauty of it is, is that when I ran into the person, I realized that I was done, and I wasn't carrying anything. I wasn't mm-hmm. sad. I had moved on. Um, and I had moved on for all the right reasons. Right. I know some people who have run into the, their, their ex or a person they had, you know, really invested a lot of time and a lot of there was a lot of history there, and it was a it, it's awkward or it's bad or it's it's just not a good thing. Or you wish you had never turned that in that corner or walked in that room. I didn't have that feeling. I didn't have that feeling at all. I was like, it was what it was. All the good times are written in stone. And I'm glad that I moved on, and I hope that they could, too. But I realized that the person I thought I knew really, really well, they was, that, that I didn't know them at all. Yeah, them. yeah. So they were already strangers. You didn't know it back then. 
But I found uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here it is with uh, Allison Williams with Strangers on Turn It Up.
Wow. <laughs> Tell yeah. me I like, I like. Yeah, yeah. Today Tell the story good. and. Uh, too. And as yeah, you I can said, all... I think it, it's a great, it's um, it, it's a really good song, and I wish that we could have gotten more promotion, you know, and gotten it out there because you know, we was the last time we really had a good story song on the radio. You know what I'm saying? That the talk told it, you know. Um, we look for that kind of stuff from from our Angie Stones and mm-hmm. things like that, and we just haven't had one for a while. I, I thought that song would have done really well on adult uh, adult contemporary radio. Yeah, yeah. But did you do no, a video for that one? We did not. Mm, we did yeah, not. I, I think that we song did. is perfect for a video. I mean, mm-hmm. I could almost see the two people. You could see it. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It was like in the but park in New York near the river and. You know, they just walk by one another and, you know, knew who they saw. Let's but just the, Let's do the video. You want to come be in it with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a radio guy. I'm trying to get into some videos. That that would be great. I, I'd like to do a cameo. Yeah, I've done some you're, acting. You're, so. you're far too good looking a man to just be on radio, honey. We need to see you. I don't know if your listeners know how fine you really are, but I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you, Allison. I think you're just trying to throw me off my game right now. i got to get it back I'm together. Listening to you, I'm listening to you blush on the radio. <laughs> there you go. Another good visual for you. Um, and I'm trying to think of how best to... Um, to to pick out the last track, I I've got um, holding back the years, um, mm-hmm. superstar, and mm-hmm. I've got um, blessed. Because, yeah. Now if it, if it were me, and this was just my um, if I had my brothers, I always because of how can I put it? Because of the frivolity of this industry, because mm-hmm. of the fact that as much as I do work, and I'm thankful always uh, to God for the fact that I am able to make a living doing what I do. Um, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes the fan or the fan base or the audience might not always know or might not get it. Um, I, as I tell people all, this, all the time, um, uh, there are a lot of other uh, colleagues of mine, and we all had music out at the same time. And I think I might have told you about my Diva Palooza concert series and yeah. how I bring together yeah. myself and Mickey Howard and Cheryl Pepsi Riley and so many other female artists and male artists as well, and I tease them because they all say, well, um, they have so many more songs within their catalog, maybe four or five radio hits that you can remember, sometimes six or seven. I've got mm-hmm. one, but that's that's the one I've got is the damn good one. And then yeah. people, really, they relate to it. Now, if you're a true Alice Williams fan, you'll know about Sweet Talk and Raw and some of the other things we did. But uh, oddly enough, my music came around just as we were, like, transitioning into New Jack Swing and then back to, like, a smooth kind of Freddie Jackson crooner kind of thing. So when mm-hmm. Just Call My Name came out, they not like they threw away My Love Is Raw or Sweet Talk or any of the, more, of the faster things, but that's the one that they gravitated to. And that became the one, I think, that the record label put more money into. What, what most people don't realize is what you hear the most is what the money's being spent on. As a listener, we don't think of think in terms of, you know, they, we just think, ooh, they're playing my favorite record again. So I just heard it on another station two seconds ago. You don't realize there's a reason why it's getting paid, played. And the, and the more it's played, the more it sinks into the minds of the listener. So Just Call My Name would be my, my 
my, uh, you know, recommendation to close because I think at the end of the whole uh, wonderful interview, whoever was listening, if they weren't sure who Allison Williams was, it would then click, oh, that Allison Williams, because that's how it all been working for me.
That holding back the, the years is that a remake uh, or a cover? Yes, of, that uh, is the remake red? of that is the remake of Simply Red, and we did two oh, versions. We did that. a we did a smooth jazz version, and we did mm-hmm. a Steppers version. So I think you probably took yeah. the smooth, the regular version. Play that as your closer because people really love it. Um, it was a song that that once again when I was working a lot with Marcus, we would just you know try to find some songs to fill in uh, because I didn't have a lot of material with him at first. Uh, and it, and I, I was featured on three of his other CDs, and so we had those singles, but we didn't have, like, a lot of band set music to do. Uh, of course, we would do Just Call My Name, but um, we started playing it, and we found this real nice groove that we would mm-hmm. put, on, put on it, and what we noticed was, as much as it was a classic pop song for all audiences, when we played it, made people get up and dance. And yeah. that never happened before. It made people get up and want to do their little, and just dance with, and couples would dance. So we knew we had to record it because it, it really, it, it resonated with that adult audience who wanted to find something to get up and kind of groove to, you know. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's how that, that happened. And, and guys, you when know? you hear this, you have to yeah, listen yeah. to how you guys changed up the phrasing of how the song yeah. was originally. And, and it was really interesting. I mean, the it, it just really made the song pop. You know, <laughs> and that was a surprising thing when I heard it. It was like, wow, you know, they changed it up a little bit, but this is the way it sounds like it's supposed to be. We've got to do a little something, something. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, here it is, and um, hopefully we can squeeze another one in, too, as a placeholder and make sure we get all these tracks in. Here's Allison now- Williams all right. with Holding Back the Years. Yeah.
Yeah. You can say it again. Yeah. Say it again. 
I got paid for a cover. That's what you do when you have a cover. You you make it and you do something to it that hasn't been done, but you leave the integrity intact. And I think I yeah. think we accomplished that with that. You know what I mean? Definitely. Right, Definitely. right. That's one of my favorites. One of my favorites from from the eighties too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great song. It was a great song when Simply Red did it. So you know there you have it. Wow. And, you know, Allison, we we want to make sure we um, talk about your upcoming gig as well and um, also make sure that we let people know, you know, how they can get in contact with you, your website and all of that. So why, why don't we go ahead and get into that? Okay, well, um, my reason for being in D.C. when we met uh, uh, was um, to uh, perform with markets, and uh, he was so gracious as to let me use that as a platform to pro- uh, promote my up-and-coming show, also at Blues Alley, on August 21st, which is a Wednesday night. I will be uh, doing a show that I, oh gosh, I can't tell you how long I've been working on and with this show. Um, it's called Old Friends. Allison Williams sings tribute to the late, great Phyllis Hyman. And it was a one-woman Phyllis Hyman show that I developed after being on the road with the stage play uh, called uh, Thank God the Beat Goes On, which was starring The Whispers and myself and a few other notable folks. Um, And basically we toured for about two years with that play, and it was the story of The Whispers and how they started back in the Bay Area and, excuse me, spent 40 years in the business, almost 50 years in the business. And they were, um, it, it was kind of um, real time and dream sequence as told through the eyes of the caretaker for the Apollo. And oh. how he reminisced about all the times they had come there and, and when they mm-hmm. first started mm-hmm. out. And, and then, of course, leading up to that night when they were actually supposed to have a, uh, a, a concert um, w- with Phyllis Hyman on the bill which they had done so many times before, and unfortunately Phyllis Hyman had decided to make her departure on that night. And um, and so that concert did, still went on, but, uh, you know, without Phyllis. And so I played the role of Phyllis Hyman. And after wow. that show toured, people kept asking, when are you going to do the Phyllis Hyman show again? Well, it wasn't a Phyllis Hyman show. It was a show about the whispers, but I think the interest sparked me to know that I needed to go ahead and, and do a show and take tribute to my friends. And um, it, it, there are a lot of other cosmic situations that took place. Um, I was close with Phyllis and, and, and had, you know, was, I, that's a whole other show that we'd have to go into. But um, nonetheless, uh, it, it, I've done a couple of, I've said about three or four incarnations of it, and I'm ready to remount it again. And I thought in D.C. at Blues Alley would be a great place to do it. And so that is what people have to look forward to once again on August 21st. Mm-hmm. And 10 p.m. Old friend Allison Williams plays tribute to the late great Phyllis Hyman. Oh wow! Well, so all I know is you, you got you a bad somebody to be doing Phyllis. <laughs> you a bad somebody. I'm hot. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. When I when <laughs> so I do you do you cover uh, Meet Me on the Moon? I cover everything. I cover Meet Me on the Moon. I cover The Answer Is You. I cover. Fall, uh, uh, falling under your spell. I cover time of my the, life. Uh, um, um, somewhere in my lifetime, I cover. Oh, I refuse to be lonely. We have um, cha- going to make changes. We have songs from the uh, Duke Ellington play Sophisticated Ladies. So we go into a lot wow. of material and tell a, a great deal of her story. Um, and I just hope that people will come out. I'm not there to imitate her or to. Uh, I just 
to emulate her and to evoke her spirit and to pay tribute yeah. to some great music and the type of music that we keep looking for. We can't seem to find it. So yeah. we might as well come on right. and sing these songs. And since, since she has so many of them, let's make it a tribute mm-hmm. to her because she left us with such a, a great, rich legacy. And she taught me so much. She was like a sister to me in this industry. Wow. So, um, And I know that a lot of people loved her and miss her music. So come, we just we do, do the thing. Um, I, I work on a lot of uh, uh, theme types of uh, Shows of that nature. My my next project will be Carmen McRae, um, and um, we're, we're formulating that now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we do uh, a show called. Um, I always get. I have to watch my own self when I'm saying the, the title. Ella, Billy, Sarah, Dinah, Carmen, and Nancy too. Allison Williams sings tribute to the great ladies of blues and jazz. Now I know that sounds like a really long title, <laughs> but people love it. Common and Nancy too. We we, we do it. So um, I have that. I have a, a show called uh, VIP, very impo- uh, important, very intimate performance, which is um, a mostly love songs from the Great American Songbook. I have a, a show called A Few of My Favorite Things, which basically I I formulate that to where it can be um, traditional R and B, you know, like with a, with more of a old school funk flavor. Because I've got some songs that that you know. You, that, that music that used to summon you to the dance floor, and you, there was nothing you could do about it. Right, right. I don't get to hear those songs anymore, and I used, you know, get to, to really just, wow, it's it's a lot, it's a lot. But when people want to know more about what I'm doing with my company, which is AWP, a woman's prerogative, they can go to my website, which is www.allisonwilliamsawp. I spell my name A L Y S O N. W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S and then A-W-P dot com. Allison Williams A-W-P dot com. And they'll be able to find a listen. They'll be able to find out about Diva Palooza, the concert series, Soul Palooza, the concert series, uh, and all the things that I try to do through um, A-W-P and um, my band, the Allison Williams Experience, A-W-E. So we've got a lot of things and brands going on over there, and I hope that people will will uh, look at it and, and get excited because I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, hopefully we'll make it out there on uh, one of those nights as well, the Leo and I together, and um, be able to oh, sit down. Gonna, and... <laughs> you have to come to – I'm not even taking no for an answer. You will be <laughs> at Blue Valley. You will be at Blue Valley on the 21st. Let's be clear. Oh, well, yeah. I'm calling out sick now, Mike. I'm calling out sick now. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. I just won't be able to accept any other thing. I can't accept any other thing. So I hope that you'll come out on that day. Um, Mm -hmm. I just came back from the National Black Theater uh, Festival down in Winston-Salem where I performed uh, uh, a private party for Dr. Angelou in in the backyard. So there were a lot of folks that were there, and they're coming up to D.C., so I don't know what your problem is. I like the way you did that. Just just take somebody who's a real VIP. I'm just saying, yeah. They're going to make a little buck chip and put some chicken in the basket. Come on. All right. Yeah. Um, and uh, even if it's a Friday night, we can always just re-air a show. Probably be this one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely work itself out. Yeah. yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible. And um, so, so after the Blues Alley thing, um, is there any other? Um, I think you had mentioned some other project that you're working on too that will be coming up. Uh, I think this year or early next year. 
Live performance-wise, right after that, the very next week, I think 10 days later, the 21st, I'll be with Marcus Johnson somewhere in Maryland, but he hasn't given me all the details yet, so I can't say where, because I don't wow. know that we will be on August 31st in Maryland. It's some outdoor festival. I don't know what it is, but he's got to give me the, the, the you know, the one-two about that. Um, okay. Coming up in September... Um, basically, I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying to, right before the end of the year, get my studio projects in order. I have an R&B soul project that I'd like to do because I know that my fan base really would like to hear some more good R&B music. But I must tackle my jazz and blues projects because if I don't, I won't be paying, I won't be paying due diligence to the music that inspired me to do music at all. Oh, okay. And I just need to do that. Um, so that as well as, um, for some reason, I never could get the record company to, to hear me when I said, listen, can we do a holiday album? Can we do a Christmas album? That way I'll be relevant at least one time per year for the rest of my life. And they didn't see that as a necessity. So I have to now do that for myself. And thank God we are in a, a technology age where that can all be happening. And um, I even um, have been uh, trying to write a couple of gospel tunes. So the, the, the studio is what I really want to concentrate on. Um, along with, like I said, Diva Palooza, because that's a touring show. But, you know, we can sing everywhere. We can, we can record anywhere we are. So that's a good thing. But those are my two babies right now. Wow. Um, All right. And we, we are studio. running out of time. Um, we we just got about a minute left in the show. I, I just want to thank you, Allison, again for um, you you know, calling me. into the show. And you know what? we got to have you on again. We really do. We I would love to come so back much. and do part two because there's going to be so much more coming up, and your listeners are going to want to know, and I'm going to want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was a pleasure having you. Now now I get to tell people I, I had an interview with the, the original uh, first lady of Death Jam. The That's first right. lady of Death Jam, That's honey, you right. tell them. All right. <laughs> we got to close the show out now. We thank you, Allison. We really appreciate thank you. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate you. And we're going to have to talk real soon, okay? Absolutely. I'll see you. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and I'm Michael Fordman, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. And before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. <laughs>